We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle have just been denied the most famous of victories, one of the biggest victories, maybe the biggest victory in the club's modern history. Certainly, it has been denied by them to a penalty and use of the VAR by the referee to award PSG a highly controversial penalty. In fact, fuck it, a bullshit nonsense penalty in the 97th minute of the game. I'm Alex. I'm joined by Sai, Ben and Kyle to talk to you about what happened. The game has just finished. We're still very raw. We're still emotional, but we're going to get into it. Kyle, uh, initial thoughts on that one. I assume you're just fuming, mate. I've... I've Alex, I feel empty. Honestly, I don't know. I don't really know what to feel because the anxiety of trying to find a trying to find a um, thing in the like a, on the telly in one of the pubs in Newcastle, trying to find a trying to find a um, TV channel for it because obviously one of the bars was weird. But all the anxiety leading up to it, all the anxiety throughout, I could I, I couldn't even sit down. I was pacing up and down the bar, waiting that we found in the end and. All that anxiety, all that build-up, all that emotion, just sucked out of us because of corrupt, corrupt. It feels corrupt. It feels, it just feels forced. Like, where, where do they find eight minutes? Like, where it wasn't a penalty. Where's he meant to put his arm? Like, it's, it, it hurts. Like, worse than. It hurts like a derby defeat, it really does. It's like it, re- it really stings this one because the players played so well and we deserved it. And if it wasn't for that penalty, we could have still been playing in two weeks' time and PSG wouldn't have scored. They couldn't score. The re- the referee and VAR and UEFA have give them have gave them a lifeline because we can't not have PSG in the Champions League, can we? Yeah, it's uh, I am the same. I feel like hollow. Um <laughs> it's almost like the the emotion of of, of everything that we've gone through, and obviously there was a lot of anxiety in that. I mean, that's probably the most unenjoyable <laughs> ninety plus minutes of football I've ever watched. Even, I mean, obviously the the elation of scoring, but then the kind of eighty minutes after that, or whatever it was, 70, 70 minutes plus, um, was horrible. But um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much more to add for, from what Kyle said about the, what, what I think of that decision. It's, it, it is disgusting. I mean, I suppose it's the perks of inviting the head of UEFA as your guest to sit next to you and watch the match. Um, but fair play to them. Um, but it's just, yeah, I, I, I feel so bad for the lads because they've yeah. obviously everything in the build-up, how talked about it being kind of do or die, that they've, they've put everything into it. And that performance, I mean... We've played better. It was a, kind of a similar performance to the Milan one where we didn't do a great deal with the ball after scoring. 
Um, it kind of felt like we were hanging on, but to hang on under the pressure we were under against who we were against, the chance, I mean, Nick Pope has pulled out some incredible saves there. It's just like, I just feel, I, I feel so bad for the lads that they've put everything out there and, and that's how they've, they've, we've not even lost the game, but that's how we've lost the, the, the three, the, the two points. Um, it's just gutting. It's just absolutely gutting. Yeah, hard to hard to disagree with anything. Really, really angry uh, is how I describe myself, which is so weird because I agree that the game was really stressful throughout, but you just felt like we were getting there and the lads were working so hard you thought it was going to happen. And then just yeah, eight minutes is, is, is almost annoying me more than the penalty because the penalty doesn't happen if, if the normal amount of injury time for a second half where very little happened. The, the only time the ball was out of play was when they had mile, shots miles over the bar like there's very little stoppage, very little reason to add that amount of time on. There's no subs. They've made a couple. We made none. Just just bullshit eight minutes, bullshit penalty. And yeah, as, as Kyle said at the start there, um, it feels like all that stress and emotion for us has been sucked out of us in the final minute. I can't imagine what that's like for the lads who've put the, their heart and soul and their bodies on the line throughout that game. So many blocks, so many last-ditch tackles, so many heads you know, in the box from corner set pieces. Like They did everything. They deserved it. And to have it taken away in such a cheap way, in such a piss-taking way, um, I'm annoyed, obviously, as a Newcastle fan, I'm annoyed as a football supporter, but I'm just so annoyed for that group of lads who deserved to win tonight. What if, the, what if there'd been a head injury in that, in that half? What if someone's hamstring had went? What if there'd been a clash of knees? What if Newcastle had made all five subs? What we're playing here, lads, fucking 26 minutes yeah. injury time. Like, on a serious note, with, the, with those eight minutes added, are we... Are we in a different universe tonight playing 16, 17 minutes injury time? Because if you're going to add it on eight minutes for what they added on for, if there were legitimate stoppages, are we still playing that game now? Like it doesn't, the, the eight minutes needs serious consideration. It feels like Anfield. What was that eight minutes, nine minutes last yeah, season yeah, yeah. when well, the, 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 the team expected to win at home, uh, who've had lots of chances and missed lots of chances, uh, almost just get some bonus, some bonus time mm. to try and, to try and nick a goal. And, the eight minutes itself, I, I said to one of you lads, possibly you, or probably both of you, because it's not between you watching the match, when the, the clock struck five just before the pen, I was like, game should be over. Game should be fucking over now. There is, there is no reason to play more than five minutes injury time here, considering what PSG made four subs, 30 seconds a sub, uh, Newcastle made none. And apart from Miguel Almiron, possibly, uh, there, was, there wasn't a single, a, 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 a single time yeah. that... Uh, a physio had to come on the pitch to, to see somebody. So, so eight minutes in itself is an insult. And it almost like the bar, we, we watched it in Centurion in, in, at the station in town. And it's almost like the, the atmosphere, and I'm sure this is the same wherever you're watching it, uh, whether it's at home or in, or in bars, wherever you are in the world. The eight minutes, it was such an atmosphere in that room. Every header, every tackle, every sliced shot, every clearance was cheered. And the eight minutes just sucked it out of everyone. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a sense of, Oh yeah, we're, we're not actually allowed to win this game, are we? That, mm. that if there'd been six, if there'd been five, if there'd been four, I think everyone. But eight, eight minutes is such an obscure amount of time for to anyone watching that fixture that it was just like, oh, we're not allowed to win. I forgot. It's it's like Anfield last year, isn't it? We're not actually allowed to win this fixture. That, that there is going to be some sort of perverse twist here, and there was, and it just it feels like that. I don't want to. I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it just feels like Newcastle have had Champions League qualification stolen from them and they've had one of the most famous, if not the most famous, certainly away wins in their history since the fucking 60s, for God's sake, since the 60s in terms of away wins in Europe. So complete, complete disgrace on every level. And we're going to get into to the game itself more. 
but I, but I feel like I feel like that the the referee who had been praised by commentators, I think people were generally feeling he managed the game quite well. You know, before he is asked to go and look at the screen, he books a PSG player. There's then four or five around him still complaining, and it just he just looked like a man who didn't want to go and look at the screen. I thought that the referee live and the linesman who was on that side of the pitch live saw the ball hit Livermento's arm and didn't give a penalty. To us watching on TV, it was obvious the ball, it had hit Livermento's arm, but it wasn't a penalty. We weren't particularly fussed until that delay happens, until that delay where he keeps talking. He goes over to the screen, he looks at the screen for a bare minimum amount of time. He just sees the ball hit Livermento's arm on the screen and thinks, I've got to, got to give a penalty here. And... You know, Paris on the balance of play probably deserves something from that game. Probably okay if we're, if we're trying to be a little bit um, unbiased. You know, in terms of in terms of chances created, and mm-hmm. you know, Paris, Paris, you could you could argue deserves something from that game. But you could also say if you can't fucking finish and you can't score in a football match against a knackered Newcastle side who can't who literally cannot make a substitute, you you probably don't deserve to win. And this is going to take some getting over. I've not heard what Eddie Howe's had to say yet. We've not heard what the players have had to say yet, but. You could just see on the players' faces it was almost like it wasn't even worth complaining because the, the, the decision had been given. But, but those lads have been robbed of maybe the, f- the most famous night of many careers so far and it's been taken from them. Yeah. In terms of the whole um, corruption side of it, which we're all suspecting that it's a little bit tin hat, but like, what did the referee see for those 20 seconds? He, went, like, he wasn't there very long. And yeah, have they just shown him an angle of it hitting the, the ball uh, on, on, on his elbow? Because it's, it's his elbow it hits, but it's, it quite clearly hits his chest and then onto his arm. And I'm pretty sure that the rule well, there was, is... There was one earlier. Why wasn't there one earlier, Pamela? Yeah. Why, is we, why, why is there a difference? Was it Miley? I, I can't... Yeah, yeah, this is Miley. the issue with recording straight after the game. If yeah, that's not a pen, if, if it hits yeah. your chest, then you're on. I'm pretty sure the rule is that doesn't count because there's no way you can stop that from happening. Yeah. And we didn't gain an advantage. You know, he's already controlled it with his chest. So... Either they haven't shown him the right angle or they've deliberately shown him just a very quick snapshot of it hitting his elbow. So like you say, he's then got to go, well, the whole stadium here needs is willing me to win, award this penalty. I've got to do it because I've been sent over here, if I come over here and then, do, you know, it really felt like the ref was being bullied into making that decision when, as you say, it felt like he'd made the right decision in real time. It's so frustrating. I'm, I'm just, yeah. He's, he's looking up and seeing his boss in a box with the uh, Qataris and thinking he's not getting out of the stadium alive if I don't well, give this. He doesn't want the Anthony Taylor treatment in the uh, airport as well, does he? He's shitting himself. He's going to get he's gonna get pelters. Disgrace. Disgrace is the word. And like I said before, there's just a sense of loss. Newcastle have actually picked up a good result. I think lots of fans pregame, even though it was kind of likely that Newcastle would need to. I mean, there was a scenario tonight where drawing would still see us go out and that hasn't happened. So Newcastle have actually ended the night in not the worst position. We'll talk maybe later on about how we think it's going to go, but a draw in Paris, um, particularly with that kind of backs-to-the-wall performance in the second half, you know, it, it's a great result and it was a great performance and we're going to talk a little bit more about the game uh, in, in parts two and three, but but ultimately, you know, there's there's lads tonight uh, like Jamal Lascelles, like Tino Livermento, all of them really, but there's, there's lads tonight, Nick Pope, who who didn't deserve that level of incompetence from people who are who are supposed to be the best in the world at what they do. That referee, referee of the World Cup, is supposed to be the best in the world. He shouldn't, he shouldn't feel the pressure. He shouldn't, he shouldn't feel like he has to look, take one fucking look at a screen for less than 30 seconds and give a penalty because of the, the circumstance of the occasion and the fact that if Newcastle United win that game, there is a very real possibility, in fact, a probability that Paris go out of the Champions League in the group stages, a Super League side going out in the group stages. 
Um, it really, really, really does. It, it doesn't sit right at all. And there's going to be fallout over the next few days. We have to pick ourselves up for Manchester United, which is a huge game. And I'm sure we will. But Newcastle have been completely fucked over tonight. And uh, that's the only way I can articulate it right now. We're going to leave it there for part one. We're going to come and talk about the actual game and some of the positives from tonight in part two. Uh, you can get this podcast advertisement free or even me referencing them if you sign up to our Patreon platform. It's only £3 a month for the tier where you get these pods, these free pods, ad-free. Back after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In terms of things that went very well tonight, Ben, I think the goalkeeper is the obvious place to start, mate. Wow. I mean, some of the saves he's pulled out there were unbelievable. Um, I mean, I don't even know who had the shot now. I'm thinking, like, now I'm trying to rack my brains. But the, I think, it, is it Mbappe, the, the one-handed kind of save? Um, where he, I mean, like, there was he, a lot. There was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, the, but the one where he gets a strong hand to it to turn it around the post, and it's like, it just, it's just a goal. Like, it just looks a goal. Even when he gets his hand to it. Because of the camera, you just think, ah, oh, that's in. Just to give uh, you, just to give you a flavour of what Nick Pope's done, like PSG's XG was just under five. <laughs> just under five. <laughs> been robbed. We've <laughs> 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 been absolutely robbed. Oh man, been Nick Pope, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Like, for, he's had a bit of criticism, and there was a, a kind of we, we were talking about his kind of distribution and stuff recently. Like, he's, he's made a couple of mistakes this season, but that was one of the best. Like individual performances I've seen in terms of like when you needed him, he stood up. I mean, even some of the the, the kind of the positional his position, positioning for some of the three balls, there were a couple of times kind of where it was just like, oh no, nah, was in, and then just Nick Pope would come out of nowhere and, and was there. Um, like that, he he he's probably the one that comes out there with his head, head held high, high at the highest because that under the most extreme pressure um, was unbelievable i mean there were balls flying across the box every two minutes i mean it it was a proper kind of backs against the wall um, performance but um he stood up and and kept us in that game and, and nearly should have have seen us through um and it's just again i, I just feel i'm just gutted that he doesn't get this kind of 
take the plaudits for, for the three points. And as you say, kind of the, what, what would have probably been one of our greatest nights ever as a, as a club. He deserved that for his performance and he should have been kind of going down as, as kind of a legend of like in an individual performance. Like, like there should be a performance we're talking about in 20 years of saying Jesus Christ, Nick Pope that night. Unbelievable. And instead it's, it's probably going to get forgotten because it was a point. Um, and that's just the most disheartening thing about it. But um, wow, what, what a keeper. And as we say, we, we were kind of talking about it, I think, before in terms of the evolution of this team, like do you, how, who, do you replace him, kind of where do you go, whatever. But when you see him putting in performances like in the saves, like who the hell is a better keeper than, like, as a, keep, a pure keeper, who is a better keeper than Nick Pope uh, on, on performances like that? There's, it, it's hard to kind of um, come up with many. I mean, you see uh, Donna Rummer, who's supposedly kind of meant to be in the, the top top echelons of the keepers, um, making a mistake ultimately for the for the goal. Um, like Pope just didn't put a foot wrong, kind of handled far harder <coughs> kind of shots than, than he had to and, and kind of just dealt with them as if they were bread and butter. It was an incredible performance. And uh, yeah, he's I, 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 like he's probably the one I feel the most for because he, he's done everything tonight and, and that's it's been robbed. I feel like it was one of the performances of the season because it's not like the saves are the most important thing, but there was there was no confusion with the back four at any point. He came out and collected. He came for crosses. He was certain everything he did, and there was just like you know, particularly the two centre backs in front of him. They're dealing with some of the best forward players in the world here, and 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 Pope just he just looked like he was in control the whole time. And I think if if you compare him to other goalkeepers up against for England, I don't think I've ever seen a Jordan Pickford play with such certainty in terms mm. of, you know, there's no panic, there's no rashness, there's no flying out and missing the ball, there's no cleaning out your own players or, or missing crosses. It was just it was just a 10 out of 10 performance from him, goalkeeping-wise. And uh, like you say, Ben, he didn't deserve that bullshit. None of them deserved it, but Pope didn't deserve that bullshit from the referee at the end. And kind of like you said, Paris just weren't going to get past him. Without, and, and they nearly didn't from the penalty. He goes the right way for the pen, and yeah, it's just a, it's just a bit of a pill to swallow, but we have to celebrate a ten out of ten performance from and and some of these saves, by the way, are you know they're, they're bad misses. Like the, you can't the keeper should have no chance. But ultimately, if if any of them go in, the keeper isn't to blame. No one's having a look at Nick Pope for any of those big chances, and he saves every single one of them. Yeah. Tino Livermento, you were impressed, Kyle. I was. I mean, the run for for our goal was absolutely amazing. He's running through PSG players like late me, in prime Messi. It was just it was just phenomenal. Just dancing through players and then knocks it to Almiron, who manages to cause the keeper to spill the ball. But it was just a very composed performance from him. Uh, very good on the ball. Very good at driving forward, knowing when to and when not to because. The, they're a good side on the counter uh, PSG and he, man- and he managed that side of the field very well um, but yeah I was really impressed with Tino and I think it's going to be hard for Dan Byrne to get his place back even though Livermento was brought in as a right back he's shown re- that he's very capable at left back so I'm really happy with Tino um, br- brilliant run I think that I think that run will live long in the memory for him was a it was just a brilliant bit of skill. You'd usually because if Mbappe does that against us, people are saying, "Oh, well, look at Mbappe, he's great, he's, he's world class." But Tino Livermento does it, and we've just like, yeah, I, I think we've got a bargain with him. Mind, really good player, young, and can play in multiple positions as well. Because if you can dribble like that, you can play further up the field if we need him now. So, yeah, as as for tonight though, 
he played he played really well. I wouldn't give him a ten out of ten out like like we have with Pope. I'd probably give him a solid like eight or nine. He was brilliant. Yeah. Our deputy right back, playing left back, runs rings around about ten PSG players and, and creates a goal. Like you can't ask for much more than that. I think he kept Dembele reasonably quiet. He did get in a few times and he, he flashed a few across goal and cut a couple back, but generally speaking against the players of that quality he had a he had a decent game. And um, between him and Trippier, you're playing against two of the most difficult wingers you're ever going to play against in this game and they both did a really good job and yeah defensively he was he was really solid very composed when he was getting the ball he wasn't just hoofing it out all the time towards the end every one of our players was just clearing it to PSG which was hard to watch but it's all we could do but early on in the game certainly he was finding passes he was keeping the hold of the ball he was very composed and we've got a real player on our hands there and yeah that that, that run is what we'll remember from the game but I think his all-round play today showed that he's he's at the level we needn't be already and yeah I've loved Dan Burns <laughs> running this team but it, it might it might be time for a changing of the guard because you kind of keep Livermento out that side yeah it's something isn't it to say to a, a young lad who's just been relegated and had a serious injury last season it's like can you come to Newcastle can you up your level to compete with Kieran Trippier can you come into the side um, or oh, sorry, not not come into the side, get very little game time, get brought on against Man City for your debut as a right winger, kind of play these mad positions at the end of games, then go weeks and weeks and weeks without an appearance, and then all of a sudden, can you play left back? Yeah. Can you play on the wrong side of the pitch? Can you do it away from home in a must-not-lose Champions League game against one of the best sides in Europe in theory? Can you do it against some of the, the, the names we've mentioned tonight? And the answer is just emphatically yes. Like, yes, yes, every single challenge met he's he's done it and it's it's kind of you know without going too far back into kind of previous opinions if you remember when Newcastle were having a a tricky spell people are questioning the transfer window have you bought have you spent what did he cost 35 million pound on a player for the future nope <laughs> we've bought a player to come in at Paris away play wrong side with Anthony Gordon in front of you um and and Jamal Lascelles and Fabian Cher and 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 he's 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 exceeded expectations to a ludicrous degree, in my opinion. You know, if he'd come in and been indifferent, if he if he'd come in and been okay, that would be fantastic for the the circumstances that he's been asked to perform to come in and perform like he did tonight. And recently, he just you know, it's not just Dan Burnside, Kieran Trippier, who's got to be thinking, how long have I got left here? <laughs> you know, how how long am I going to keep this lad out of his favoured position? Because he just looks like one of the best footballers, young footballers anyway, in England yeah. at the minute. And um, he's just another one who, in his young career. He probably this this point last season does he think he's playing in the in Paris in the Champions League game like that against that quality of opposition? Pro- probably not. Don't know the lad, but probably not. And to come in and do it and do it at, at, at such a level, and it, like you said, Ty, it's not just the goal. And the goal will it will be on the highlights reel. It was the the kind of the ability to him and Gordon first half. I thought PSG thought we can get at these two two young lads on one side, Julian booked early on the same side and for the rest of that half they just repulsed attack after attack after attack to the extent that Paris in the second half basically right until the end gave up on that side and concentrated on Trippier and Almiron and got very little from there either. Speaking of Almiron. <laughs> Once again you seemed surprised when I suggested I would like to talk about him. I don't know why because I thought he was excellent again and he the main thing about Almiron tonight was he set the tone um, for the first 10 minutes of the game we were pretty much in our own half we were you know absorbing some pressure which we always thought was going to happen to be fair we knew we were going to have to just keep it tight and kind of deal with that for the first 15 minutes but then there was that moment where um I don't know if it was Hakimi or the center half but their their keeper plays it out to the right and then Miggy closes them down nicks the ball off him comes back across and we nearly score from it um Isaac should score it's probably a yeah, better chance score. than the one he scores um 
And that kind of set the tone of like, hang on, lads, let's just get at these. Let's close them down. Let's press them. Let's not sit off and, and, and be scared. Let's f- do it. And then about 10 minutes later, um, Mbappe is coming through the middle of ours. And for some reason, Mickey's tracked him all the way from, from their half into our half, nicks the ball off him, and then doesn't panic, doesn't lay the ball off to the keeper or to Lascelles. He tries to play his way out until he gets fouled by Mbappe. Like, it was just brilliant. And he kind of set the tone of, let's not be scared of these. Let's just do what we can do. And there were several times where... He he gets the ball and it, it, we have to, we have to pass and move quite quickly to try and get out of trouble and we did it and then we release him and he tries to run ten yards. He was probably the, the only player, maybe Tino as well, obviously with that run, but he would was willing to try and carry the ball, get us out of trouble. And there was times when we needed that, and I thought he did that perfectly. Like as as much as um his, his end product can sometimes be lacking, I thought today his work rate and the things he does well. He did brilliantly and he deserves another another commended performance. I think it was a good game for Miggy, wasn't it, in that we we had a lot to do off the ball. And yeah. He's probably one of the be- best attacking players off the ball, um, probably in the league in terms of his work rate and what he does. I mean, you, you're up, you, you've got Kieran Trippier, kind of 33, not a great deal of pace, up against Mbappe and, um, and, and Hernandez there who were, were bombing forward all game. And... Um, I think you're right to kind of point out, like obviously that they didn't have a huge amount of um, joy there, and I think you've got to give a lot of credit to, to Trippier as well. But um, a lot of that was was the, the work rate of me getting back and, and covering, and, and yeah, he was incredible. And then obviously creates creates the goal with the not his best finish, but um, he puts it, it's a difficult ball to handle for the keeper, and uh, that's all you can kind of do. And Isak does great to. It's what PSG kind of didn't do all night. Yeah like how many shots did they have that didn't test the goalkeeper ask yeah. a question the goalkeeper you might get something yeah and I think it's just it, I mean it'll be interesting when we, we talk about the evolution of this side but it's it's kind of one of those things we, obviously he's one of the kind of the players that often gets talked about about upgrading but it's it, I think he'll always have a part to play in the squad because of how good he is off the ball and those types of performances when you need someone when, when you're kind of trying to batten down the hatches and, and, and trying to see out a game like you're right, side. Like he's the one that sets the tempo. He's the one that's really good with the press and kind of runs endlessly and and will get back and and almost plays like a, a second kind of fullback at times with his work rate. So yeah, he, I, I thought he was. I mean, everyone would put everything into that game, but in particular, he was one of the kind of the, the, the standout players. I would agree with. Another one who you know, what what are we now? We're on Tuesday, so this time last week is. His nation are playing a, a crucial World Cup qualifier. He's not fit enough to play, can't play, injured. Yet here he is, having done a shift against Chelsea, a very good shift at that. And then four days later, done it again in Paris. And someone who probably isn't fully fit, let's face it. He probably, you know, if he was if he was fit, he would have beat he would have played in those international, the crucial international games, a World Cup qualifying, his last chance probably to play in a World Cup, and he couldn't go and he couldn't play. And then he's put in Two very, very good performances against Chelsea and against Paris. Two good teams full of players more expensive than ours. And uh, and like you say, Sai, setting the tone early really give, I think it really give the rest of the team a real confidence yeah. that you can get at these lads. And when we look at the how the game went, Paris left so much space in the first half of midfield. And Gordon and Miggy in particular just exploited that and linked up with the midfield really well, caused Paris all sorts of problems. We probably should have, you know, should have, done a little bit more in certain situations when we had the ball in the first half but yeah just another one who really should have been able to write his name in legend tonight yeah. who's had it uh, who's had it chalked off by 
by the referee. I want to talk about Jamal Lascelles. Um, I thought he was absolutely brilliant tonight. I thought it was one of his, if not his best Newcastle United performances, considering the opposition, considering the workload, considering what his opponents are good at and considering what he is traditionally bad at. <laughs> Uh, he stood up time and time again. Twice Mbappe tried to rinse him through the legs round the outside. Twice he stood up to it. He was there for everything. In fact, it was probably Fabian Cher who was outmuscled a couple of times and lost players a couple of times, let players run across him at the front post. There was none of that for Jamal Lasalle tonight. And if, you know, this is a bloke who doesn't, you know, if in, uh, well, it's December this week, so kind of next month can speak to other clubs and leave on a free. And it just, you just feel like tonight perhaps shows that he does have a future at the club because he was absolutely brilliant tonight. He was the captain. He didn't let heads go down. You know, when when the wave after wave of attack was coming, there was no pointless, needless fouls. There was no kicking the ball away. There was no inviting pressure. Last 10, 15 minutes aside, when we just could not find a black and white shirt because everyone else was so tired. He's another one who's, who's coming. When Sven Botman got injured, that was arguably, could have been a kind of season over moment because we had no one else to come in. Well, actually... Paul Dummett's done great when he's played, but Jamal Lascelles has showed that A, he's improved massively under Eddie Howe, but B, there is no opponent too big for him. And he played against PSG in the home game as well, was fantastic that night. And yeah, like you said, Ben, about Miggy, nice game for Jamal in terms of it's not everyone behind the ball and we need the centre-backs to kind of consistently recycle possession and move the ball quickly. This was a different challenge tonight and a challenge that he he stood up to massively and whatever happens now in his career, whether he gets a new deal, I don't know. I think he can look back on these two fixtures in particular with an enormous sense of pride because he was one of Newcastle's best players tonight. I don't know what anyone else thinks about Jamal. What a story for him. Like, he was captain winning the championship uh, under Benitez and uh, I think I think he said he said earlier in the week that a lot of fans thought he would be out the door and he's just stuck, he's just stuck with the plan and and he's and he's got a lot better uh, over the past year or so. And I would give him a new contract. I know in the summer or even last summer, we were saying maybe, maybe time for him to go. But yeah, I think he's proved a lot of people wrong. I don't think you're going to get a better third choice centre back. Um, lay for the lay for how important he is to the team and how well he's played. It's not a it's not a coincidence. He's played well against Mbappe. Um, I think we've had conversations, Alex, about how well he's played against Haaland in the past. Like he seems to really thrive in those situations when he's up against really good players. Um, and yeah, in both games against Mbappe and the juggernaut that is PSG, he's been he's he's he's, he's really held held his held his own. And you you look at a it's centre back who hasn't played well who wasn't played for England at all. And like if a Harry Maguire or a or a Chris Small and a couple of years ago John Stones if they play like against Mbappe, people are like they're not capable of playing like that against Mbappe. Man. Ex- I know, <laughs> but say it happens, it, like they're getting talked about for England. I know Lascelles will never probably get called up for England, but it's like it's just testament to how much he's grown as a player at Newcastle. So what a story for him. I, I mean, I think you, you make a great point. I mean, obviously. It was a massive part of kind of Rafa's plans in terms of um, he emerged as like the leader of the group and, and kind of his, his um, charisma, I guess, and kind of his, his character. And, and you can see he's still part of like the leadership team at the club. I, I think I'd be really surprised if they let him leave because until we've got a better replacement for him, which we, we don't at this point in time, he's got a big role to play. And yes, I suppose and, uh, he's not, he's, he's probably not up to it 
uh, on the ball um, as a ball playing centre back. But like we're not at that stage yet where where we're going and dominating PSG in a football match. So we still need players that are capable to come in and just defend. And there's there's not many kind of as you say what in one on one opportunities that that can do that. And I mean you, you mentioned all of the the players there that are kind of dismissed. You, you just never would... They aren't capable of having that kind of game against this player like Mbappe. They would, they would get embarrassed time and time again. So um, there's definitely value there. And I think if the club are kind of umming on what to do, like I think he's shown enough in this phase when we've, we've needed him. I mean, thank God we didn't let him go because where would we be without him? Um, he's shown his value that, he, he, okay, he's probably a, a third... It really, he's probably a fourth-choice centre-back, but value for money like I don't know where you're going to get kind of as good a player and he cost three and a half million quid in exactly. 2015 yeah. which is nuts wow um, yeah so it's I mean it, and, and again he's not a, the type of character that's going to grumble about kind of not playing and stuff like that he, he seems to have kind of maintained his um, his role a little bit like the kind of the riches and that sort of stuff so yeah I, I think we've, we've seen enough from him in this phase of he's still got a lot to give the club and uh yeah, I hope he does stay. Um, but yeah, again, tonight, what performance just did not put a foot wrong at any point. And uh, like, st- as you say, stood up to one of the, probably the best player in the world at this point in time. Um, so he should should be proud of his performance. I mean, Southgate really should have his number, shouldn't he? He, sh- he should be giving him at least a call. Um, yeah, I think it's just some of the little things, uh, they, they had six... <laughs> Hello, is this Jamal? <laughs> just checking in. <laughs> um they had six or seven corners every single time. It was either Lascelles or Joe Linton, to be fair, who won the header for us every single one. There was times when we would reduce them to a cross ball in the box or a free kick in the box every single time. And the amount of times there was a block and the ball moved so fast that we couldn't really tell who it had hit on the telly. And a couple of times it was shared un- without even realising it. But the amount of times the commentator would just go, Lascelles again. And it's just like, he's just in the way of everything. He's the epitome of putting his body on the line for the lads. And he's done that for for five, six years for us now, and he absolutely deserves the plaudits. And yet it's it's nice that he's he's still considered part of that team. Because, yeah, I, I would be guilty of saying he is nowhere near the level we need to to take this club forward. And I'll, I'll admit to being wrong about that because, like you say, Ben, you don't need everyone to be brilliant footballers. If he can do the job he is employed to do, which he's absolutely done tonight, and he's been doing it for weeks now, then he has a role to play. And there will be games where there's a more physical team. There'll be games where pe- teams play a bit more direct he can handle that and he's good enough to deal with that. So yeah, absolutely get him get him another year or two on his contract. I mean, I think just, just quickly on that, I think you've got to give him credit as well. He clearly has improved because I mean, we didn't see these types of performances from him when, when he played at Bruce or whatever. Um, and he, I think he has grown and I think that's, again, credit credit to him, credit how kind don't of... Get, the, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. But no. Nah, I think classic. as well you have to credit, you have to credit the lads. You know, think about how PSG tonight would have reacted if Newcastle had got that penalty at the other end uh, to win the game. Think about how Chelsea or Liverpool under Klopp or, te- imagine or, or, or Teta under Arsenal and I feel like how and the cells and he's kind of saw Newcastle's class tonight at the end. There was no, yeah, there was some, there was some kind of telling the referee what they thought but there were no ugly scenes. There were no, you know, the, the Newcastle players just just go across to the away fans. That's the first thought post game, and I think Lascelles and Trippier and Howe are a big, big part of that. And I suppose I'm quite proud of that, really. You know, mm-hmm. like think about it's a great shout on Arteta, mate. Like, you know, th- how these guys would have reacted in in a similar situation. That's everything that we don't want our club to be, and, and Lascelles is a massive part of that. 
Anyway, we're going to leave it there for part two. We're going to come back in part three and talk about the Champions League and what happens next. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Let's talk about where this result leaves Newcastle, what it does to Newcastle, and putting it simply, Newcastle are third in the group. Dortmund beats Milan tonight, which is a big, it's a big thing to do to go and win in Milan. It's uh, it's massive. I mean, Milan won the last game at home against PSG fairly comfortably. Uh, so huge result for Dortmund, who are now through with ten points, and Newcastle are in the position that when we play Milan in three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, uh, that essentially to qualify. We have to better PSG's result in Dortmund. So if we if we win, um, PSG draw, we'll go through. If PSG draw, so if PSG get beat and we draw, we'll go through on a better head-to-head record because they currently have one more point than us. That's correct? No, they've got two more points than us. Oh, bollocks. We have to win. We've got to win. We've got to win, Uh, which I think, you know, based on everything we've seen so far (laughs) tonight, we will against Milan. Dodgy maths. Yeah, but (laughs) wishful thinking from me. So we've got to win and, you know, I mean, I kind of felt tonight that Newcastle were out. I just felt, you know, you, you can't lose two two games like we did without scoring. Uh, and, and I know it's not goal difference isn't as important as it was in these in these group stages, but I just felt like it was it was such a tall order that third place would still be um, be really good. And, and Newcastle have got themselves in a position tonight because of their result, because of Milan's defeat, where a draw against Milan will see them get third place in the group. So. I, are you, you know, where, where's this left all of you? Have you thought about the future? Is it, is it still too raw? Do you think, you know what, Newcastle got a real chance of going through now because going to Dortmund is not easy. Well, that's it, isn't it? Um, we were saying, as we try to console ourselves between the pub and, and, and uh, this recording, that uh, even though Dortmund are through, they're not going to want to finish second in the group. They're going to want to try and stay top of the group. So they, they, they're going to want to at least draw the game. So I think... I think we, we saw how hard it is to play there. Dortmund are a good side. They've, they've, they've had a lot of change and, and they don't have Bellingham anymore, but they're still good enough to beat PSG. They're the best um, team in the group, clearly. Yeah, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're through, you know, like um, no one else is. I absolutely back us to beat Milan at home, so I think we can do what we need to do to, to give ourselves the best chance. It just it just depends how <laughs> how much the refs want to help out PSG, I suppose, in that one as well, because if, if they hear on the grapevine that Newcastle are beating Milan 3-0 at home, uh, they might they might fancy pointing to the spot again, <laughs> but like seriously, uh, yeah, it's it's all to play for. I, I think as you say, Dodds, it's good that we've pretty much secured third because I, I really don't think we should be losing at home to AC Milan um, unless we get like, another six injuries against Man U at the weekend. Um, the it's it's theirs for taking. I think if we can win that game, and I, I really think we will win the game. It's a big ask of PSG to go to, to Dortmund, who, like I say, sat on ten points. They're they're, they're comfortably. Um, the best side and we've got to believe that it's 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 it can happen i think for me as well i mean it was, it was always going to be the case but i think it's good that we we need to go and beat milan i think if there had been kind of the potential to to look at that game thinking oh well we just need a draw or whatever it's like i, I just like the kind of the def, the, the definite like mm. we've just got to go and beat them however we do it we're just going to go beat them um 
you're right, Dort, I mean, we, we've seen firsthand Dortmund are a very good side, a much better side than we all gave them credit for, than a lot of people gave them credit for. I mean, what, they were the top three team, I think, weren't they? Um, obviously up to the game um, for this competition. And yeah, they, they, I mean, I know they lost, I think they lost to PSG, didn't they, in the, the reverse fixture, but you're right, that, that is going to be a, 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 a massive <laughs> atmosphere, um, kind of knowing that it's, it's a, a kind of a, an opportunity to progress in the competition further and um yeah you're, you're right like they've, they've had a lot of turnover but they, they still will back themselves to to go and kind of play anyone so yeah that is a really interesting and tie and I, I think we've we've seen i mean i don't know how many more chances we could have given milan in milan and they still couldn't score <laughs> so that gives me a lot of confidence that we're in in pretty good form at the minute and they literally couldn't have done any more and not scored so um i think we can we can up our game I mean, we've seen how good we've been at home i mean even the, the home game against dortmund it was a disappointing result but i mean we, we created a lot of more chances in that game we, we we were probably the better side for kind of a decent portion of that game and uh that was probably the the kind of the stand-up disappointing result but we, we've we've shown at home we can beat anyone so um i'm i'm still confident I st- there's still a glimmer of hope um, there that we can go and beat Milan and then yeah we'll we'll just see what the, the gods have got in, in store for us but um, I don't know I, I, I genuinely probably thought tonight it was going to be be over so the fact that we've still got a chance um, I'm, I'm a bit more hopeful than I was before this game I think looking at it it's it's just a case of regardless of what happens between Dortmund and PSG if we deal with our business we will have European football of some kind mm-hmm. because even if like we end up in the Europa League, we'll have a good chance, especially with the capability that we've shown in the group of death, the first Champions League out and for win in, in 20 years. And we've, we haven't embarrassed ourselves. Like you look at you look at other teams, Premier League teams in Europe, and you've got Man United bottom of their group and you look at who they've, they're up against. Like we haven't embarrassed ourselves. Do you know what I mean? We've done really well. Dort, like Dortmund home and away, I thought we were unlucky in both games. We had chances, got absolutely fucking robbed tonight but we'll be PSG hammered them at home like we have we've made a good account of ourselves and even if we don't get, go through the next round it's not because we've let ourselves down it's just I think if it does come down to it it'll be because we got robbed in Paris but you know I think there's I think there's a lot to be proud of like there's worse situations that I've seen this club in we've all seen this club in and yeah I'm confident we can beat AC Milan when when they come to St James's, but regardless of the result again, result between PSG and, and Dortmund, it's it's been one hell of a ride. And if we go through the next round, then knockout stages at St James's part of the Champions League. If not, and we still beat Milan, then Europa League, bring it on. I think it helps us probably that Milan have to win to go through. So the, you know, draws the draws no good for them in, in any circumstance at our place, and that should play into our hands. I thought Newcastle handled the first half really well tonight that Paris expected. I just I felt I felt like Paris were the same as the Wilson James Park. They just expected to score and win. They just expected to score and win. They didn't worry about leaving gaps in behind, pushing men forward, uh, leaving space for Bruno midfield. All of it was absolutely fine. And um and they kind of they kind of found out that it wasn't absolutely fine just like they did in St James's Park and that time was smashed them tonight they've relied on uh well some terrible finishing from themselves but also the the incompetence of the officials to to kind of stay alive in the competition and 
whatever happens, you know, the, <laughs> I don't know how much the wider world would pay attention to this tonight because when we were shit, I really care about what the Champions League and what English clubs did. But it just feels a little. It just feels. It just just say PSG go through the go the go together. Go get a draw in Dortmund and, and go through. It just feels a little bit tainted, or it's got to feel tainted because of the the injustice of tonight. But like you correctly say, Kyle, we've we've gone toe to toe against this opposition in two games, and they haven't looked like beating us at any point really across the two across the hundred and eighty minutes fucking plus the plus the rest, the injury time that we were forced to play. So that that's really positive, and I feel like. <coughs> To be in with a shout in the last game of going through in the group of death is um, is extraordinary, or would have been extraordinary anyway. To do it with the Sandra and Tonali stuff, considering he was bought probably specifically for this, or not specifically, but a large part for the Champions League experience that he was going to bring to this competition. To do it with 11 first-team injuries, to do it with what's happened tonight, that it's just a fantastic achievement to just even be in with a shout, considering the quality of the opposition, considering the difficulty of the away games, uh, and that ultimately ignoring Dortmund, but the other two sides, um, you know, certainly would be expecting to beat Newcastle United. I think home and away, and, and Paris couldn't do it home and away. And, and Newcastle United, the story of tonight shouldn't just be about disappointment. That's how it feels at the minute. But the lads did unbelievable. It's a great result tonight. It's a great result. In uh, ignoring the very obvious context, going away from home in the Champions League and picking up a point. They've gone to Milan. They've gone to Paris. And picked up points. They could have won both. They should have won tonight. They could have won in Milan, albeit fortuitously it would have been in the last minute with Sean Longstaff's shot. Um, and I suppose we'll just have to be really grateful for a, a coaching staff and a set of lads uh, who who literally could not have done any more. I mean, who 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 goes to Paris and should and should win without being able to make a substitution? Because he physically cannot, because there is, there's not even Matt Ritchie. There's not even Matt. What are you going to do? Bring on Paul Dummett when your centre backs are playing great. <laughs> Bring on um, Lewis Hall. You know, we, we're, we're kind of talking about through the game when Newcastle couldn't get the ball to stick to feet or to chest or to head because Paris kept getting the back. It's like, what do you do? Bring on Lewis Hall, 18 years old for for Isak. It's just Eddie Howe had no options tonight. The players in the pitch had no options. It was all on them to do, and it's been taken out of their hands. And that's the uh, the disappointing thing ultimately. I think it just it, it's a really good omen for how we how we've achieved uh, what we've achieved in European football this season. I mean, it, I don't know where the story is going to end. If we somehow get through, I don't think it ends there. I think we've shown that we can put a performance in both home and away against anybody, and that's massive when it gets down to you know a two-legged tie in 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 the latter stages of either competition. If we drop into the Europa League, I think we can beat anyone over two legs based on what we've seen away from home. Yes, the Dortmund game was tough, but we still could have nicked something. Milan got a point, got a draw at uh, PSG, and we've we've played well enough to win both of the home games so far, and I think we'll do the same again against Milan. There's not going to be many better teams for us to play in either competition um, over two legs. So, it, like, we were worried about whether we could, you know, these players. Not, most of them hadn't played European football, and and I've been so impressed by every one of them. It really bodes well for the future. So, whatever we're going to take from this crushing um it feels like a defeat this crushing uh night where we, we should have won <laughs> crushing it's it, you've got to remember that we, we're really excelling ourselves in europe and it, it's a real good omen for where we where we go in the future let's go and absolutely smash manchester united at the weekend that's yep. what we all are hoping for now hopefully everyone all of the players who've put so much into tonight and been forced to play so many minutes uh all turn out okay uh we're on patreon i've not really mentioned it this episode but we've got lots more reaction 
to this result. So come and join us on that uh, for up to £8 a month. There'll also be lots of build-up towards Manchester United. So uh, come and join us for that as well, plus the rest. Uh, thanks to you three uh, for your time tonight, and thanks to everybody for listening. Real, real tough one to take for Newcastle United tonight, but we'll be better for it, and we'll be back stronger. Speak to you all next time. Bye-bye.